Welcome to Connection Privé podcast with myself, Clémence de Crécy, CEO and founder of PR agency Clementine Communication, where I talk on a topic near and dear to us, the power of networking and human connection. Now more than ever before, being able to forge lasting relationship is crucial to building a successful career and a healthy well-being. To help you stay ahead of the game and accomplish your goals, Each episode of Connection Privé is featuring myself and some friends in conversation with CEOs and business leaders in their industry about the importance of networking in their own lives and how meeting the right person at the right time helped them both grow professionally and personally. Today, I'm thrilled to welcome Dr. La Poudula. He's a plastic surgeon based in Paris. Simone has left Italy in 2013 to complete his specialty training as a plastic surgeon in France. He's currently working as a senior consultant at the University Hospital Henri Mondor. He regularly takes part in international meetings, constantly contributes to the most innovative trends of research in the field of regenerative medicine, and he co-authors several plastic and reconstructive surgery articles. He's always enjoyed being involved in the training of young surgeons. In 2018, he's been one of the youngest candidates to be awarded the national title of university professor in the field of plastic surgery in Italy. So without further ado, welcome. I'm so delighted to be speaking with you, Simone. Welcome to my podcast. So I'm de delighted today to welcome my next guest for my podcast, Connection Privé, Dr. Simone Lapadula, and I'm thrilled to have you on the phone. How are you, Simone? Hi, I'm fine. And you? I'm okay. Thank you. Trying to cope at the moment. How are you doing in Paris? Listen, so I'm doing well. Uh, thank you. And uh, now it's the first day, so then we can go out. So because quarantine, it's normally finished. Oh, so it's great. over. So we, we, we are starting to return in normal life. Yeah, and, and I guess it's difficult for you because you're raised and born in, uh, born and raised rather in Italy. You've been in France for, how long have you been in Paris now? So now it's been uh, seven years that I moved. To uh, Italy to came in Paris to uh, finish my residency program in plastic surgery. Right. Okay. So I guess you're celebrating the end of this uh, uh, confinement in France. Is that the same in Italy? Is everybody back to normal or not quite? Normally, they start to back uh, in normal life a few years ago, few, few ah a few days ago. <laughs> ah, okay. So they're a bit ahead. So well, no, in the UK, you know, we've still got three weeks of confinement. So. Um, we're a little bit behind. So congratulations for sort of coming out of here a little bit before. Um, but tell me a little bit more, because I guess I'm intrigued. I've had so many guests on this podcast and you know it's all okay. about the power of connection, the power of human connection and networking. Um, you as a doctor, you yeah. graduated uh, not that long ago, but you, you are very young and you were one of the uh, youngest doctor uh, awarded, if, I, if I'm correct. Um, when, was, when was your your celebration actually which kind of celebration well for you so remind me which diploma did you pass recently ah, okay so recently i passed in italy a very important uh, i was awarded as the one of the youngest plastic surgeon to have the title of professor of plastic surgery 
So, but if you want to be back in the in the past, I may say that five years ago, in 2015, I became plastic surgeon. So mm -hmm. I spent the first part of my residency program in Naples, in Italy, and then I moved in France to uh, to finish my residency program. Mm. Then I became consultant at Henri Mondor University Hospital in Créteil, so very close to Paris. Mm -hmm. And now it's been one year since I've started my private practice. So. I'm mm. working at the hospital once a week, and in the same time, I'm working in private practice here in Paris, uh, doing my surgeries in a private clinic in Paris. Yes, well, I guess so for and, you, yeah. So, uh, where, which hospital did you say, sorry? So, at the same time, I'm a student at last year of a, a PhD program in science of aging and tissue regeneration. Nice. So, I'm, I share my time between clinical and research. Gosh, busy. <laughs> yeah, a lot. You're, you're but very... I like what I do, so it's good. You you love what you do, definitely. We of met course. together in Paris a few months ago, and I remember how passionate you are about your job. And I think you yeah, are you. clearly an issues. And for me, it's great to have you on this podcast because I spoke to various people in various industry, from finance to communication to tech. Um, and you're the first doctor I have, and I'm really intrigued because obviously ah. it's it's really interesting for me because the power of human connection in your industry more than any industry in the world, I guess, you know, a client I've got to trust for what you sort of work you do, uh, the client I've got to trust you. Uh, and it's it's a real trust you need to have in your in your surgeon, isn't it? And um, and I guess how do you find to build up this networking of clients, this little black book of contact? Is it natural for you? How do you work this out? I think as a young doctor, it is easier than the old generation, the oldest generation, because we used to use social media, for example, as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, so it's some something of my generation. So. Uh, for example, I already had an Instagram account. Uh, and as a plastic surgeon, as you can see, uh, you have to show what you do, the treatment you can offer to your patients. But I think that what is important, it's, all, uh, it's also uh, to show the differences, why they have to, they have to choose you. Uh, to choose you and not the other person. So, for mm -hmm. example, in my cases, I show a lot of uh, research, a lot of uh, operations that I like and that I used to perform. And uh, I take part of a lot of courses and I give a lot of lecture for students, for residents in plastic surgery. And uh, most more recently, for example, we have uh, at our university here in Paris, a lot of degree in aesthetic surgery and aesthetic medicine that I think is something new because normally in the university, uh, they rarely have something like this. For example, aesthetic, they you, you can't have uh, a course of aesthetic surgery or aesthetic medicine. It's not usual. Mm. Uh, so to me, it, I think that's very important. And when I see patients at consultation, I used to ask how uh, how did they find me? Yes. And uh, I so I was surprised because the most of the time they they tell me they they saw that they saw me uh, on Instagram. Oh really? And, uh, yes, but so you have two you have two kind of patients. You have patients yeah. that wants to know more about the doctor they are going to see at at, uh, at your office or at consultation. Yes. Uh, so this is a good part of patients. I mean that. They want to have more information. They want to see who you are, what you do, and what you have to offer. And then 
uh, you have another part of patient that just want to contact you on Instagram, in my case, just to have some information about your fees, uh, about uh, some, they want to have some advices. But I think that a real consultation is mandatory because it's the only way that I yes. can see what is the problem, what can I offer for these patients or for another. Because every human being, we are all different. And yeah. so the beauty of plastic surgery is that for the same problem, you can offer some, some different, different solutions. So you have more technique, you have different technique for the same problem. And that's the, the, the reason why I love this, uh, this job. So it, to me, it's mandatory to see the patient. So even if sometimes it could be quite good that they can ask you something on social media, but I think that to see the patient in person is really important. So I think that sometimes we spend a lot of time answering uh, for this kind of patients. They just want to know, I think they are, they are more interesting uh, about your fees. So they, they ask the same thing to a lot of doctors and then maybe they decide to go to see one or another just about the, the, the different yeah. things that you, oh, so i don't like this kind of uh, this kind of uh, use of social media for my patients for example because i think that it's mandatory to see your doctor yeah and i would do the same if i was a patient yeah, exactly okay. i bet you do the same exactly that's the thing but so it's interesting because you're using social media your 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 instagram account it's like a website i guess you do you have a website with your services or yes, you use I have, oh, right so you have your in, website as well yes in my bio you have a website and mm. uh, in my website so i explain what i do what i am what i offer and uh, my my training, what I've done in the past, and what I'm doing right now, and my scientific publication. So I'm since I'm involved in research too. I think that it's important that patient can have a link and can see what are you studying, what are you, which new solution you can propose in the field of plastic and aesthetic, aesthetic surgery, regenerative medicine, and regenerative uh, surgery as well. No, absolutely. I mean, I, I cannot agree more. I think the proof is in, in the pudding, as we say, and we need to see what you're, what you're doing. Uh, definitely worth noting for future uh, medical intervention on myself later on. So I'm taking <laughs> notes there. So it's really good to know. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, for me, it's... Uh, and, and what about... Uh, so social media is one thing, but um, I know you are... We met actually at a networking event. And that's why also I wanted you on this podcast, because I know your, your job is very demanding. Every time I see you, you're clearly on the back of a surgery or you're coming back out of um, uh, having teach some students. So you always look, you know, so in love with what you do, but exhausted because you do run around and there's a lot going on in your life. Um, at the same time, I we met actually at a networking event, so a glamorous gala party, if you remember, years ago yeah. in, in London. Um, so you do attend physical networking. It's not just online, is it? Of course, no, it's the real life too. So I prefer, I, I think as human being, we are social animals. So mm -hmm. I need to be in connection with people, in, with real people, with real person. Even if this period, uh, in this period we are using social media, but uh, also other kind of social network. For example, some social platform um, as Zoom or Microsoft Zoom, Team yeah. to be in connection with my colleagues and uh, other specialists worldwide. Uh, to to share idea to share experience experiences but uh, yes I think that uh, that uh, connection is very important for you for me especially for me that I'm very very social person sociable person fr very friendly uh, so I miss I I have to 
uh, I miss the, the real social connection. This is true. But mm. fortunately, we have this kind, uh, we have other kind of, uh, of platform that give us the possibility to stay in touch. Uh, for example, not only social media, we have some group of plastic surgery with my colleagues on social media that uh, give us the possibility to share ideas and solutions, for example, for very complex and difficult case of reconstruct reconstructive surgery. Mm -hmm. uh, but for example, in this period of uh, confinement of quarantine, I've been using Zoom and Microsoft Team uh, with the team of my hospital. Since normally in the normal life, once a week we used to join all mm -hmm. together to discuss about, about uh, clinical cases and about research. So okay. once a week we use Zoom to connect and to have the same thing. So we, uh, we discuss about clinical difficult yeah. cases and uh, about our research project. Mm -mm. No, absolutely. And in terms of physical events, so what sort of event do you, do you attend? Let's say we, we, COVID-19 never existed and life is, is as we knew it's two months ago, or three months ago. What sort of event do you do and how many times a week do you manage to network? So, I mean, normally the hospital in the hospital life, once a week with, uh, with the other part of the team. And uh, once a month, one time, uh, one day every month, I go back in Italy, in Rome, because as I told you before, I'm finishing my PhD program. So I go back in Rome one time every month to discuss about uh, my research, uh, about my new research about regenerative medicine. Mm -hmm. And the, the last social, social event uh, where I've been, it was here in Paris, it was a huge event. Uh, it was the IMCAS annual meeting. So IMCAS, uh, IMCAS is the international international meeting uh, of regenerative and aesthetic medicine. Uh, right. So we, I, I met a lot of colleagues, a lot of friends from all over the world. You have both dermatologists, you have plastic surgeon and uh, all doctors that uh, perform uh, aesthetic and uh, rejuvenation procedures. Mm -hmm. So it was the last event. It was in February, in February uh, 2020, and then we had we have scheduled uh, other events, but everything was uh, uh, it was not possible since we had coronavirus. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, exactly. It's been it's been limited, but that that makes sense in terms of your uh, your your professional career to have all of these very more uh, I want to say technical might not be the word, but more professional events uh, where and and you are a speaker to some of these events if I'm correct course. as well. Yeah. So which is which is tremendous and and very exciting and congratulations again. Thank you. Um, and I guess the other side of your life is trying to find clients uh, for your private practice. So what would be what would be your method in terms of when you go networking to increase your client base, your private practice, okay. um, how would you go into a networking event, a more lifestyle and consumer? Do you have a technique? I, 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 to, be, to be honest with you, I don't have any kind of technique. I just do what, uh, what it happens. So I take what it happens. I, I think that you have two parts of a uh, person that can, that can come to consult, to visit you at mm -hmm. your office. You have person that you know, you have friends of friends or friends of person that underwent some treatment with you. And then you have some person that just know you on social media. 
Uh, mm. Or sometimes it happens also that I have some patients that came to visit me because another doctor, one of my colleagues that is not specialist for and that is not one of the specialists, for example, for breast reconstruction or, or breast augmentation, uh, he or her or she prefers to uh, to to send me the patients. So yes. the, it really depends. It's very okay. you have a lot of uh, variables in this field. No, so you don't have a, you don't, yeah, no, fair enough. I mean, it's, uh, we've had, uh, just to give you an idea, we've had, um, we've had various people in this podcast before. Um, some of them are going to networking events with a real plan. So they go to an event and they know exactly who are the guests and they will go and talk to the people they've seen on the list that are of interest to them. Um, some others are going and say, give a chance to people, just be yourself and go and talk to everyone and be as natural as possible and try to understand people, not just for their work, but also what do they do in their, in their who are they in, in their private life? Um, and it's very much to give people a chance. And this is what also I wanted to do this podcast is very much to discuss on various techniques, various way of, of going out there and meeting new people and then making a business out of it because these people you might meet in a networking event might become your clients tomorrow. Yes, I know what you mean. So in my cases, I think that we have to be careful. Uh, in, for example, uh, just to give you an example, I prefer, yes. for example, showing what I do, what is my job and uh, the treatment, the treatments that I have to uh, propose to my patients. And I don't like to share a lot of bites about my private life, about my life, because sometimes, especially at the beginnings, it happens to me that you have some misunderstood with person that can write you something and it's not professional. So I don't like this, yes. especially as doctor, we should, we have to be uh, very, very careful. It happens to yes. me, for example, that the patients of one of my colleagues uh, wrote me just to, to drink something with me. So I think it's not... I think yes. it is better to protect yourself and to protect other people too. Uh, yes. Just to uh, to show what you do, what you have to offer. And uh, that's the reason why I don't like uh, to share a lot about my life outside my doctor life. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. It's, it's a very interesting, sort of so different to other guests I have. Yes. But it makes sense, Simone. It really Thank makes you. sense. <laughs> It completely makes sense. Um, how are you? So networking, I guess you, you've answered quite a lot of that. And thank you very much. How do you find the time? How do you find the time to either network on social media or go out to various evening and, and uh, parties to meet new people? Um, how, how do you find the time? I think I always have time. For social media, I think that it's very, uh, in my case, it's only me uh, to post something on my social media, for example. But I know that a lot of a lot of my colleagues they have somebody else that yes. do the work, they do the job. But I think Absolutely. that in this case it's not it's not original, it's not authentic. So even if I'm not obs obsessed with social media because I I know a lot of people, a lot of colleagues too, they spend all day on social media. I don't know how they do. Maybe they don't have the they don't have they don't do no no yes I know maybe they really? they don't do research they don't do uh, they don't have an hospital life so if you are if you work at hospital if you have uh, a research program if you give some course like course some lectures uh, uh, and other things like this I don't think yes. that you have sometimes 
So I, I don't think that uh, that you have other time to spend a lot of time on social media. But I think that is that's important because uh, otherwise patients like this. So you have some plastic surgeons uh, uh, among my colleagues that spend all day uh, doing, especially in this period, uh, yes. live, live Instagram direct uh, or uh, a lot of stories. So I do when I when I have time. So I don't have a real program. So when I have time and when I want, when I feel that I when I when I feel that I want to do this, I I do. But yeah. it's not mandatory to me. Even if no, I know no. to be more to be more famous on social media, you should be there every time because people want more, more and more. But I I never would like to sacrifice my life for this, my dear life for this. So no, I absolutely. think it's a question of balance and uh, do things how you feel. But you plug you plug quite often on your on your Instagram. I follow you on Instagram, as you know, and I think you you know you're very accurate. You plug uh, you plug at the right time. Can you remind all the uh, people listening to us now what's your Instagram at- account? Yes, it's Doctor Simonella Padula. It's D D R S I M O N E L A P A D D U L A. Sorry, I mix you up between the French, the English, yeah, and the Italian. No, Don't no, I... it's difficult to me because <laughs> I am Italian, but I live in France. But I, we are talking in English, and I speak, I, I speak Spanish too. So sometimes, So we're going to confuse everyone maybe, now. Maybe, maybe you can write my Instagram profile on your <laughs> on the presentation. Exactly. Of your it will be easier for people that are listening. <laughs> No, it's fascinating. Well, what a cultivated person you are. And I, and I think it's, uh, no, but it's really, really important. And most of all in your industry, you know, I guess when you go for a surgery, um, you want to trust your doctor, you want to work with someone who's really professional, who is articulate, who, and is clearly a, a very clever person. So congratulations as well. Thank Speaking so, so many languages for me is a uh, is uh, I've, had a, I've had another guest who speaks seven languages um, uh, in the previous week. Wow. And I think it's just wonderful, isn't it? The uh, uh, show really how open-minded they are and the understanding of various culture. I just, uh, I have a huge respect for that. I think it's fabulous. And it's, it really helps this human connection, talking about human of connection, um, when you start speaking the language of, um, of a native language of someone else. Uh, I really think it helps. Yes. But anyway, I'm devi- deviating a little bit there, as usual. No, but always you're not deviating because it's important also to speak English. For example, as you, you are a French girl, so you know that in Paris, in France, uh, not all people speak English. And so one of the reasons reason why sometimes people come to visit me, it's also because I can speak English, because uh, it happens to me to have yeah. some patients from, uh, from England, from uh, uh, from other parts of the world, so they were not able to speak French. And hopefully I could understand because I was able to speak a little bit of English. So it was, in my case, it was, it was good because so well, the choice go. was made only, uh, the choice, uh, the choice it was made uh, also on the, on the language spoken. So it was good for me. It's very good. So here we go. For any future patient, we here have a doctor who speaks four languages. Here we go. <laughs> Let's come. <laughs> you, you're moving back to Rome soon or, or to Italy? Where, where, where are you moving back to Italy at some point? So, Am I correct? Yes, yes, yes. Because it happened, as I told you. So I, uh, we, in Italy, but in France, it's the same. Uh, if you want to continue an university uh, career in the field of plastic surgery, uh, mm-hmm. I applied for a national 
concourse to be one uh, to be a professor in plastic surgery and so i i didn't expect expect this but uh, it happens that uh, that i've been um, that I've been uh, awarded the national title of university professor in Italy in the field of plastic surgery. So it gave it gave me the opportunity to come back in Italy, and I think I'm moving. I will. I'm going to move in Italy. I think in September. Uh, okay. And but I always I I will always be in connection with uh, with Paris with my colleagues here, and maybe I will be able to 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 have my practice in Italy but also uh Milan Rome Na where, Naples where Naples Naples, Naples yeah. of course city, nice but I think yeah. that once or twice monthly I be back in Paris to have some consultation and uh, one day at month to perform some operation here I cannot totally disconnect oh, okay. from this country from from this city so I think that I no, absolutely. yeah well um well, you if we have any clients or people listening now wants to see you in London, is it uh, can they, can you come I think to London? It's to easier if they come in Paris because, as you know, the the practice is quite okay. different. So we have to pass other kind of uh, uh, exam, have another kind of habilitation. So it's it's very uh, ah, time right. consuming. Okay. And I since everything is good in Paris, so I have my office. I have my uh, the clinic where I do my uh, where I perform my operation. It is better to come here, even because you know with the train by train it's very easy. It's one hour and you are uh, one hour and a half, I think, and you are uh, in Paris or in London. So they are. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, all pre-Brexit, yeah. yes, but, you know, God knows if it's going to be easy after December. <laughs> you know, we tend to forget that we had we had Brexit before Corona or 19, I you know, we, <laughs> we have Brexit still going in the UK and uh, still under discussion, as you know, and by the end of the year, and we have no idea what will be the new rules and regulation um, and how easy it will be to, to travel from one country to another. I'm hoping not much yeah. changes, but, you know, we'll yeah, see how well. it goes, I guess. Gosh, so it's all happening at the moment. It's so nice to talk to you, though. It's it's really an industry which uh, which is so unfamiliar to me. So I'm I'm, I'm really liking this conversation. Thank it's you. really interesting. Um, one of the last thing I'd love, obviously, to close this episode. It's all about networking and the power of human connection. Um, one last advice about networking that you would give to people starting in your industry. They should always be careful. Not to, so. I think that it's better not to share a lot of personal life but just to to be original and show people what they have to offer and why they are different for example uh, for uh, different from other kind of surgeons or doctor and uh, I think the difference and the originality make the difference uh, and especially not to become obsessed because as I told you before I see a lot of people spending all day connected on social media uh, always trying to sharing so I, my advice is to share quality and not quantity and uh, use networking for the right causes without sacrificing real life. And, uh, and always be to take care, to, to be careful when patients want, want some, uh, some, some info, a lot of information or advices, just sending pictures on Instagram or other kind of social media, because I think that a real consultation, a real visit is mandatory because yes. every person is different. Good advice, so yeah. for each person, you have a different solution to offer. 
Yeah, absolutely. Ah, what a good good way to end this this uh, this uh, podcast. Um, so for everyone out there, obviously, if they want to contact you, what's the best way? Your social media, your website? Yes, can they, they, give you a they call? can uh, contact me by, by, uh, via social media, for example, via Instagram. Uh, I have my my uh, website on, on my bio, uh, my biography on the, my Instagram profile. And I have also my email address on uh, my Instagram. So as they prefer. Yes. Good. Well, we hope to make connection and why not some, some new course, clients you know, sending welcome. your way. Uh, that's exactly that's what this network is all about is to create this network even though we can't physically see each other now we're trying to put a, uh, people out there like yourself to talk about their knowledge their savoir-faire and how you do things so well so hopefully people will be in touch either through myself and i'll put them in touch with you or, or through you directly um simone lapadula doctor thank, thank you, you very much for me. taking the time again and with the hope to see me you again too. so hope very, to see you very very soon <laughs> thank you so much bye thanks bye Thank you so much for listening to Connection Privé, a podcast produced by Clementine Communication PR Agency. This episode was mixed and edited by Chris Osborne. For more insightful interviews about networking and the power of human connection, make sure to subscribe to Connection Privé on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And if you like what you hear, please leave a review in the Apple Podcast Store or tell a friend about us. I'm your host, Clémence de Crécy, and I hope to see you again soon. À bientôt!